0: Hello and welcome back to the Optimizing Nutrition Podcast. I'm your host, Marty Kendall. On this show, we take an engineering approach and speak to the experts about the insights into weight loss, fasting and nutrition, as well as real-life people about their journey of nutritional optimization. Welcome Bronson Dant, great to chat. Um, Yeah, uh, great to have you on and and you've been a mate for a while and a while ago I came across your stuff and your YouTube channel and this guy's putting out some great content and great information and really clear teaching and um, yeah, so I thought it'd be great to have a chat today. So thanks for coming on.
1: Yeah, I'm I'm on the interview side. Usually, I'm asking you all the questions.
0: <laughs> yeah, we've had a couple of chats before where uh, I've I've been the interview victim, but uh, yeah, <laughs> we, we we have uh, a lot of people in our data-driven fasting and masterclass groups where people make a bit of progress with the nutrition, and then they get this new renewed energy levels, and go, well, maybe I should be a bit more active to to um, improve my health in that way as well, and they are definitely. It's the yin and the yang of uh, improving your metabolic health. So um, not my area of expertise, definitely a whole lot of interest, but um, you've been specializing particularly in helping people start on their exercise journey lately even more because that's um, such an important area. So, yeah, great to to have you on to to, to be the victim on the other side of the microphone.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I love talking about fitness because I went through that same process, right? Mm. So I'm 48 years old now. I didn't really get started on understanding fitness and nutrition. And I really didn't get motivated to make a change. I was very content. I was very lackadaisical about where I was in life. And um, it took some external pressure and some realization, some kind of wake up moments, a couple of mm-hmm. slaps in the face of, wait, this is not really what you want to be and mm-hmm. who you want to be and how you want to be and this, how, the quality of life you want to have. And um, I, so I've been I've been on the. Unhealthy, overweight, over fat, not able to do things. Didn't want to take my shirt off in public. uh, You know, depressed and and lack of confidence. I've been there. I've been there. Um, So that process, I understand, it's not easy to get out of. Yeah. um, And you know, there's a there's a a bunch of steps along the way. A journey. So
0: you're in the army previously, I think. Is that right? Yeah, I was in the
1: army. Um, It was it. Active duty for about five years. I was in the National Guard for about 12 years. Wow. Um, in that time, I was fit. When I started, I went through a phase where I did the minimum that I needed to do. Um, then towards the end of that, I just kind of slowly progressed. Hey, I'm done. I don't need to worry about it anymore. And then when I was out, it was definitely like I'm, I have no further need <laughs> to be in shape so I can just do whatever I want to do now. Well, everyone. Um, yeah. Do whatever I want. Yeah. Woohoo, everything's great. I don't have to run again. Yay. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> um, But in that time, I did spend a lot of time. I, I spent a few years as a combatives instructor. So I was actually teaching okay. hand-to-hand combat and things like that, wow. which was very physically demanding. The training for that was very physically demanding. And the requirement and understanding of a lot of things about the body and how we, how mm. we that's kind of where I got the initial introduction to being a coach and a trainer Mm. was through that experience. Like, Hey, you know, I've got to get these guys in shape and get them to where they can, you know, act fight, you know, for their lives, Mm. literally. Wow. Um, And that, that was a serious way. That was the first wake up call for me going through the initial training of I'm not in shape at all. Like, there's no Mm. way I I can't teach this if I can't do it. So it was like, I need to get to a certain point. Um, That was that first, like, okay, something's got changed. yeah, and, and then and from there, I got into some other stuff and
0: had fun. And you were saying before you wrote pretty much the first carnivore book out there. How long ago was that?
1: <laughs> I, I wasn't. You weren't. Yeah. Hey, so, yeah. Oh, that was I, a secret. I wasn't meant to share. Yeah. No, that's fine. <laughs> I, it's not something I talk about because it was kind of something that I did out of my enthusiasm for carnivore. So, you know, I had been low carb, started out paleo, got to the low carb thing, no sugar, no processed foods, was introduced to carnivore. I did carnivore. Um, for three or four months, um, and then through my experience of doing it, it was more the motivation of the more stuff I did to look for information. I couldn't find information. Mm. This was mm. a, this is a little, this is about three years ago, you know, I couldn't find anything. There was nothing mm. out there. You know, there was no meet RX. It was just Sean, you know, Dr. Baker on a, put a podcast with Joe Rogan and that mm. was about it. Like where do mm. you find information? Um, so. I, I found some blogs. I found some information here and there, people talking about different stuff. And I basically just wrote, I'd been taking notes. So I basically took all my notes and I had started a blog and I took all the blogs I had written to that point and kind of just combined all of this stuff into a, cool. here's what I found so far about all of this stuff and how it works and why it works and what it's done for me in the past eight months mm-hmm. or six months. I, forget. I mean, I'd only, I hadn't even done it a year and I wrote, yeah, a, book cool. and I wrote a book, right? It's like, because it was so transformative.
0: Yeah, yeah. you like, wanted to just share that journey. Everything.
1: I was like, people need to know about this. Yeah. Um, so it's not crazy. It's like, uh, like I said, it's like 100 pages. It's it's titled The Meat Life. It's uh, the experience, experiential guide. So it's my experience. It's not like anything that's, you know, scientific or I'm not a doctor or anything like that. It's just here's what I've learned so far. Yeah. Um, yeah and you, so, you, you sort
0: of it. moved on from... I think you said the other day you've moved on from promoting that as the only thing you do because not everybody Absolutely. wants to be carnivore, but it still works really well for you.
1: So. Absolutely. Yeah. Like you, you don't I'm have to of... eat
0: meat only to uh to work with Bronson.
1: Right, right. And I, yeah, I mean, I'm still passionate about what carnivore can do for people, but it's changed in carnivore. I don't use the word carnivore as much. Um now I talk about, and we've talked about this, I talk about nutrient density. Mm. bioavailability, and satiety. I think mm. those are the three things. And the way that I look at it is if you target those three things, you are naturally going to progress to a more animal-based slash carnivore-type nutrition. That doesn't mean you have to exclude other things.
0: Yeah, definitely. Right? What, what, what All our most nutrient-dense plates, you look at it, and yeah, maybe there's a whole ton of veggies, and it looks like a plate full of veggies, but when you look at it from a calorie point of view, the majority of the energy is coming from the, the foods that pr- provide the protein and fat and uh, yeah, Right. definitely right. Uh, yeah. Animal, animal based.
1: Yeah. Animal based is more the niche, I guess you would call it carnivore. Yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah, yeah. For most and people, um, for most people. I think the genius thing about carnivore is it just gives people bioavailable protein. And whether you want to add more plants and more animal based foods, you, you know, people work it out, whatever suits, but mm-hmm. um, if they chase the nutrient density and satiety, they end up, somewhere in that realm yeah so um uh, you've been looking at helping beginners more recently yeah going from uh, more of a a gym arrangement to going, let's help people mm -hmm. start on their exercise journey Why, why did you change that focus
1: yeah so that partially there there's a progression here so i got into that process of me changing and trying to realize the things i needed to do to kind of get healthy one of those things was i started doing crossfit so i was like 38 39 almost 40 Started doing CrossFit, um, got into that really heavy, really Mm. loved it. It was Mm. as transformative for me as the carnivore diet was. Mm. Uh, Just in my exposure and understanding of what the body could do, understanding how the body works from a fitness and exercise perspective, understanding what fitness really even is, Mm. right? CrossFit does a really good job of defining what fitness is. Mm. And it has nothing to do with how you look. It has nothing to do with how strong you are. It's a combination of a bunch of things. But the bottom line is fitness is your ability to do work, Mm. your body's ability to to move things and use energy efficiently. Mm. That's it. Right. So that changed a lot of things for me. Yes, I wanted a six pack. Yes, I wanted to look good in a a bathing suit. Yes, all of those things. But none of that stuff matters if I can't function daily without pain, if I can't. You know, if I'm always driving myself into the ground every time I work out, um, then something's wrong. And that's th- those are things that a lot of people think, well, I have to work out six days a week and I have to be at the gym all the time. I can't live in the gym. I can't do that. Well, you don't need to. Yeah, That's not a requirement. Yeah. Uh, so through that process, I got some certifications. I started coaching as a CrossFit coach, spent several years. Um, it's been almost 10 years now. Um getting a ton of different certifications and training. I opened a gym, so I owned a a CrossFit gym for about five, five, almost six years. And that really exposed me to the need and a better understanding of what everyday normal people need from a fitness perspective. Because I had everyday normal people coming to my gym every single day. Mm -hmm. Hey, I have pain here. I have aches and pains. I don't have energy. I can't play with my grandkids, uh, all of these different life issues. And I had to take the program that I had and figure out how do I make it fit all of these hundreds of people that I'm working with over the years.
0: Most of the people we see in our programs are just, you know, trying to manage diabetes and get off, you know, Mm -hmm. massive HPONCs and hugely elevated blood sugars and um, a lot of obesity. And you can't go, well, here's a... You know what is the day? Let's go and do AMRAP, and uh, they blow their brain and just give up and don't come back tomorrow. So yeah, you
1: can you can use a lot of the same concepts and methodologies within functional fitness and different types of programs, but yeah. you have to 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 structure it and give people an option, uh, a way that they can make it fit their lifestyle. Mm. You know, so it's possible to do, uh, you know, a, a CrossFit workout. Let's call it a CrossFit workout, but it don't look like what you're expecting a CrossFit look like workouts to, to mm-hmm. be. If I'm doing it versus if someone who's you know 100 100 pounds over fat or has mm. type 2 diabetes or whatever mm. other issues they're working with, they've been on the couch for the last five years and haven't done anything. If they come in and I work with them, they're going to do. They're going to follow the methodology, but it's going to be tailored to where they are. Mm. So we they could technically say yes, they're doing CrossFit. They're not doing the same version that I do because I'm yeah. in a different place than they are. Yeah, and we'll right, talk so. more
0: about how you can tailor exercise to to your current situation. So, to build on the topic of, um, you know, why is uh, you know exercise is about the goal is to burn energy efficiently. Um, mm-hmm. Why is exercise important is it just to to burn calories so you can eat more or you know
1: yeah what's,
0: what's the goal every time <laughs> more, you exercise more donuts just
1: eat just eat whatever calories you burn and you're good right that's how it works because it's all about calories
0: <laughs> and i entered into a chronometer and therefore i can have that donut
1: right right i burned 300 calories so i can have 300 more calories today uh no that is not what it is like. <laughs> um so We, you know, we had notes that we're sharing back and forth between here. And one of the things that uh, when we talk about fitness, the definition of fitness is basically in, you know, being able to do work, increasing your body's ability to do work.
0: Basically, your mitochondrial capacity to burn energy. Yeah, you can't. efficiently burn energy and you need to train your mitochondria, your muscles, your little powerhouse and your cells to efficiently use that energy
1: right like you can fuel your car with the best fuel you can give it the best oil you can give it the best transmission fluid you can do all of that stuff but if your the seals in your engine are bad you've got tires that are dry rotted you haven't changed your brake pads in forever what good is that going to do you right like it doesn't help so that's the, the equation right you can fuel your body fine but if you're not making your body get better and actually use because that's what we're created to do right you know, you look at cavemen, we talk about paleo and cavemen. And back in the days, you know, when we had to fight to survive, survival, survive is an action. Mm. If mm. you're not doing something and mm. you are not living to what our genetic potential are what we're supposed to, I mean, we're supposed to survive. And it's hard to think about that because we don't have to fight to survive anymore. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Right? we don't have like those, those
0: little humans in Wally who are just getting fed everything and moved around. Yeah. Like, right. Wow. And right. if you're not if you're not growing, you're dying, basically. I, That's, that the abs- I went, love that. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, I say that all the
1: time. Yeah. If you're not growing, you're dying. So you can't you can improve your health markers, right? Mm. You can improve the numbers on a sheet of paper by changing your diet. Yeah. If you don't exercise and increase your body's ability to do work, you are mm. not improving your health mm. right you, you're not if you can't do things you're not healthy yep. that's i mean that's that's why exercise is important bottom mm. line it's it's yeah the the fat burn and the body composition and all that other kind of stuff those are pluses right those are great if you if you get fit you will look fit but if you are not able to do work if the quality of your life is not being improved because you can physically do more things you're missing out on uh, everything that's what it's all about and
0: and, and the benefits come with just feeling better looking better feeling Mm -hmm. better about yourself you know mood depression sleep uh, all these things come together and it's it's worth the investment i love um gabrielle Lyon has been talking about muscle-centric medicine and banging on Mm -hmm. about you know your muscle is the biggest endocrine organ in your body and you know forget your your liver or your pancreas or all these other organs if you don't have enough lean mass to burn the energy you're eating um you're just gonna fill up with energy and become energy toxic and that's where yep. insulin resistance and diabetes and everything starts so um everybody her, wants to know yeah, yeah i love stuff, her stuff yeah. because
1: she's like the one of the only people that talks about protein and lean mass and i'm like that's yeah. where it's all about because yeah. it's the only it changes the conversation and this is where my focus has yeah. been lately changing the conversation from burning fat Helps people understand that it's about addition, not subtraction. When you think about burning fat, then the whole conversation becomes reduction, restriction, taking Mm. things away, mental strength, mind over matter, blah blah blah. Screw all that. Let's talk about how can we build muscle. Yeah. yeah, yeah. What can we do that's more and adding to our life? I can eat more protein. I can eat more food. I can lift weights and do more things, and then all the other stuff: my body composition, my health markers, all that other stuff. As a result. Is going to change. Yeah, so we see I we see a it.
0: lot of people trying to restrict and restrict and fast more and cut calories and and they just the metabolism slows and and you can't stay there. You can't stay cold, hungry, mm-hmm. depressed, low libido. You're yeah. not going to stay there forever and as soon as you go, well, I need to you know, screw this, I need to eat, you're just going to go for the most energy dense, hyper palatable things you can um you can grab and put it all back on. Your body will just want to gain fat. So if you aim for optimum functionality, then you're going to live yes. a much better, happier life. So Absolutely. it's not just about yeah. being skinny fat. So um, speaking of <laughs> fat, how yeah. do you burn more fat? Everybody wants to know how to burn Everybody a, so what, so what, first What's the secret, you, Bronson? First we, off we've got some difference of yes. opinions.
1: Yes. First off, you stop worrying about burning fat. Like, <laughs> start worrying, like you just said, start worrying about, making your body perform efficiently and giving it the fuel that it needs to do that. And then making it work mm. in all the different ways that it can work. And the fat will naturally just happen. You'll lose fat. It will, it will happen. If you don't focus on it and you do the other things and you focus on fitness and actually being healthy, the fat will come off. Just like when you talk about nutrition, if you focus on getting the nutrient density and the bioavailability and satiety, don't worry about macros and doing all this stuff to try to optimize your caloric intake just worry about getting what your body needs to be healthy mm. then the mm. other stuff kind of you get healthy hey look yeah, i love it i love it right so when it comes to fat when it comes to to the way that our body burns fuel because when we are let's let's focus on that for a second when we are talking about burning fat what we're doing is we're talking about burning fuel so there are th- actually three ways that your body burns fuel and when we t- most people talk about fat burn they're talking about the pathway that we call the oxidative or the, the, the fat burning pathway. And that is slow cardio, conversational cardio. I'm going to get on an elliptical or treadmill or ride a bike for 45 minutes or an hour. I'm going to maintain a heart rate that is like you had in your notes. What is it? 150 minus your age, yeah. um, something like that, you know, where my heart rate is elevated a little bit. It's working and my body is using fat primarily as the fuel to keep me going. Mm. and that is great the the issue with that and the the one detractor i have for that is that is the return on investment for that is mm. very low mm. right there are millions of people around the world who have been on an elliptical every day for 45 minutes for for 20 years and they they are is exactly in the same amount of shape as changed. they were before because there is nothing in that process that increases their lean mass increases their resting metabolic burn or any of the other stuff it doesn't do anything to change their body's daily demand for energy hmm. right they have to do it in order to burn and then they do it so much they get to a point where it's not doing any more than normal because they've worked yeah. that system so much it just isn't going to help anymore so yeah, the the quite, return that's on a balance
0: the balance is there between resistance training and strength building and building your muscles and your, your 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 fat burning system that i you know i often swing to just jump in the gym and lift as heavy as possible and mm-hmm. uh, you can just get big and strong but big and big and big and you not uh you know i think it's also beneficial at the same time to get as much activity and walking and and moving around during the day and and uh, you know i talked to Mark Kirkazella a few weeks back about the math method Maffetone um developed by Phil Maffetone which is 180 minus your age is is the pulse rate the heart rate you try to stay under and at that point you can um stay in a fat burning zone where you don't dip into your glucose stores and then get more hungry so I think that the the sort of a balance between those two extremes and what you're emphasizing is you need to find a point in your life where you're doing that intensity and and demanding more of your body to burn more energy and and i think a lot of people end up in that gray zone between the really high intensity they just go out for a jog where they're pushing as hard as they can and they burn out get really hungry and come home and reach the donuts because they've um dropped all their glycogen and uh, after an hour of running and then binge eat and and then just like you say just go on a, an endless yeah. cycle where they don't they don't do high intensity and move as much during the day as they can which is effectively what it looks like
1: right and we'll talk about the eating after or the the binging yeah, or whatever, the food yeah, after yeah that, working we'll talk about that in a second but that's something the, i uh, want to know all about <laughs> the uh so that's I mean so there's three different ways your body burns energy that's one of them oxidative that's it's your body's saying look I need I'm gonna burn fat That's great Um, it is the return on investment is low, right? It's got that, that power curve drops very quickly. Um, and then it does not build complete fitness. It's only one small part of the big picture of fitness. It doesn't work on strength. It doesn't build lean mass. It doesn't help with balance or coordination or that other kind of stuff. Um, the second area, which people often think this is the the area where most people say you have to have carbs in order to work out. And that is the more high intensity. Shorter burst, uh, high intensity interval training, most weightlifting, that kind of stuff. And that is the glycolytic pathway. That is where your body's burning glycogen for fuel. Mm. It's using Mm. glycogen for fuel. Um, What people tend to forget, and this is where the fat burn uh, connection happens, is that you can turn fatty acids into glycogen. Mm. Gluconeogenesis works with protein and it works with fat. So if you have body fat to burn, your body will convert body fat into glycogen so that you can do short term intensity burst type exercises. So you can do high intensity interval training. You can do weightlifting. You can do sprints. You can do that stuff as a ketogenic athlete. Mm -hmm. You do not need carbs for that. And that will help increase another. It gives you another complete way that -hmm. your body can now start burning body fat.
0: Yeah, and right? most, if you're not um, if
1: you're not overeating fat, that's a whole other
0: discussion. Yeah, I might leave that one for today. That's a long one. <laughs> um, triggers a lot of people, it seems. Um, so yeah, I suppose. And, and if you're type two diabetic and obese, you've probably got a lot of stored glycogen in your liver and your blood that mm-hmm. you really need to work through. So um, yeah, definitely you don't need to. Overdo the carbs unless you're a uh, Tour de France athlete and you've trained. Yeah. I mean, it, I find it fascinating that the Tour de France athletes train in this um, low intensity state to ramp up their, um, you know, stay under the lactate threshold and and train mm-hmm. to burn fat more efficiently. So then they can put put on the pedal up the up the mountain yeah. and then blast it out with carbs to fuel. But you know, the it, the critical thing that people are learning is you need to Train that fat-burning metabolism is a first priority for metabolic health because mm-hmm. you need to be burning fat at rest and burning fat most of the time. In exercise right. and just need to pull on the glycogen in the really, really intense
1: stuff. And really intent, right? glycogen, it's the really intense, right? Glycogen—it's the—it's the—the octane booster for your fuel mm-hmm. tank. Right? That is, look really at mm-hmm. that stuff in, it's octane booster. Um, and even if you look at the Tour de France stuff, mountain bikers, runners, Tour de France athletes. They're all starting to realize And there's been a few that for years I've realized this, but a lot of them are starting to realize that they need, they themselves also need to start doing more strength training, that they mm. need more lean mass, right? Mm. The, the level that they're working lean mass is super important for them, right? Mm. Not because they need to be strong, but because they need a bigger reservoir, right? They need to basically what happens is when you're stronger, there's, a, there's a term called relative intensity. Okay. If I can lift 500 pounds, then when I have to lift 100 pounds, I'm only working at 20% of my capacity. Mm. But if I can only lift 200 pounds and I have to lift 100 pounds, I'm working at 50% of my capacity. It's going to be a lot harder to move mm. that 100 pounds. So if you look at a biker, for instance, if they're, their relative capacity, as they get stronger, the work they're doing is pretty low intensity already. Mm. It just makes it even, even easier for them to have that endurance because they're stronger mm. Mm, mm. and that works for us if you have if you've ever moved uh, an apartment or moved a house right you got to move all the furniture in you got to move all the furniture out the stronger you are mm. the easier that time that 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 becomes
0: yeah it's all about power to ratio power mm. to weight ratio for the cycle for, required- for us yeah for us it's a similar thing power to weight ratio is, is important it's critical so um it, Let's talk about um, how much exercise to do. And um, I love that you want to talk about maximal recovery volume and and minimal effective dose. And I've been Mm -hmm. fascinated by Mike Isabel talking about all these things and trying to find the balance between blowing out my maximal recovery volume and always in the gym and massive high volume. And then I'm, you know, burnt out and tired and... Mm -hmm tempted to eat crap after just pushing too hard for too long and, and it doesn't lead to optimal results. So how do you find that balance between minimum effective dose and, and, pushing and too hard?
1: Yeah, trial <laughs> and error. Um, my first suggestion would be find a coach, find someone that can, a coach or a trainer yeah. and work with someone who has the experience. They can give you a, a more uh, targeted focused plan for you to start. They can evaluate you and say, here's a good place to start. We can tweak from there. Um, Mm -hmm. If you're just starting and you don't have a coach, you don't have someone uh, that's that's working with you, then you just kind of have to start with something. And then you really have to pay attention to the signals and the the, the language that your body is talking to you. Mm -hmm. You have to understand, you know, when your body is saying you need to take a break, then take a break. Mm -hmm. If you're if you're waking up every morning and it's hard to get out of bed and you're feeling sore throughout the day and you're tired all the time and you just feel wore out. That's your body telling you that you're doing too much you need to take a break mm-hmm. so you've got to pay attention if you got aches and pains on my elbows starting to hurt my wrists is hurting my my knees my ankle yeah, yeah, yeah. my you know my knees my back my legs whatever it is um you need to, to pay attention to that and and take a break um basically what we're talking about is the minimum effective dose is just like with medication right it's the minimum amount of, of effort or, or change or stress that you need to put into your system to see the change you're trying to make so for most, for many people, that could literally just be going for a mile walk every day for mm-hmm. a couple of weeks, you know, and then that can maybe increase to a couple of days a week. You go for two miles or maybe you turn one of those days a week into a job or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. OK, then you want to you want to find something that is going to get you moving, that you're going to feel is working and that you're going to see some kind of change, some kind of mm-hmm. result. If you go for a walk for a mile every day for a week and you don't really feel much out of it, and you don't feel like it's you have any more energy, you don't feel like anything's better because you're doing it, then maybe that's not enough. Maybe you need to do something different. Mm. Maybe you need to do something more, but you want to try to find that. And that's the yeah, beginning of it.
0: When, um, when money broke her ankle, fractured her ankle, it was like it was hard to get out of bed and everything was swollen. And it's like, then you took off the cast and you saw that the, muscle and everything had shrunken phenomenally you went oh my gosh this is really freaky so it's like there was a lot of pain just to walk to the front door but it's like Mm -hmm. okay, let's let's walk to the front door today and then maybe if the pain's not too bad walk to the letterbox the next day and then walk across the road to the the driveway and then the next day walk to the power pole down the road and and before long you're back walking um again but it's progressive overload that i think is just so critical that we we go okay we're, we're screwed we've uh, got to get fit really quickly yeah. and everybody just goes hard and blows out and crashes in a heap and yeah definitely trial and error and you always make making mistakes and i'm trying to yeah. tell my son you know let's let's do progressive overload in the gym but he just wants to blow it out and do max lifts every time and i'm <laughs> trying, to tell him, trying to coach him but we're also stubborn well, that we yeah then you break yourself and you're on the couch for a while and you don't make the same progress you would if you just progressively overloaded.
1: And that's where maximum recovery volume, the other half of the equation comes Mm. in because you don't improve while you're working. Mm. You improve when you're not working, Mm. but you have to start with making, with adding a stress or an intensity level that tells your body it needs to change. So you have to work out hard enough, minimum effective dose. You have to work out hard enough to tell your body, I need to make a change so that I can do this again next time easier. And then you have to give your body time recovery to make that change and get better and heal and repair and then you can do it again but you should be able to do it again a little bit harder Mm. a little bit faster a little bit longer whatever that level whatever that point of intensity you're trying to target is and then that's where progression happens is during the resting time not during the working time
0: so what sort of things do you measure to measure that you're actually progressing
1: so when we talk about intensity basically we're talking about um time how you know whether it be how long it takes you to do something or how long can you do and do something so i have a set amount of work i can do all this work in 10 minutes or i have 40 minutes can i consistently work for 40 minutes without having without stopping Mm. right so that would be one measure time is a measure weight is a measure as always right how heavy can you go how many reps of a certain weight can you move whatever that may be um speed how fast can i move can I get from point A to point B faster today than I could a month ago? Right. That would be another one. Um, Those are probably the the three main ones. The other one that is a little bit more uh, advanced would be complexity of movement. And that's one where when you talk about that, we talk about having a coach or trainer, someone who's actually helping you with technique and tweaking the things that you're doing. So going, you know, learning, going from uh, maybe, a basic kettlebell swing to a a one-arm kettlebell snatch, right? If you can do a kettlebell swing and you get to a point where you can do that fine, the next level of skill would be a kettlebell snatch. So learning how to do that shows that you have an improvement in, you know, uh, coordination and balance and shoulder mm-hmm. stability and some other things. So it shows progress. there
0: well. Yeah. I started out with kettlebells a few years ago. My dad got me into it and got a whole array of kettlebells downstairs. There are a whole pile of fun in there. there are-
1: if you – Get stuck with only having to have one piece of exercise equipment? Make yeah, it, like, yeah,
0: yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, oh, brutally simple and, uh, you know, the amount of work those guys doing the long cycle. I, I tried competing in long cycle. and oh, the, 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 the The Russians are insane. The amount of work they're doing is just really intense. So if you yep. want to blow your body out with the uh, most time-effective um a simple cheap approach just get one kettlebell at home and then mm-hmm. when you get bored with that weight get a slightly heavier weight and yeah, that's a exactly but, but then you'll have a, a gym populated with kettlebells like me yeah, <laughs> I've got be a a bell, a kettlebell person.
1: <laughs> bring some friends over show them how to do other stuff you got like 20 people in your basement
0: yeah so are there any simple tools you can use at home that
1: you recommend kettlebells number one um dumbbells would be another one and then resistance bands are probably really common for a lot of people if you don't have yeah. a lot of space You can do a bunch of stuff with resistance bands. Those would be the three. So in my program, I have an at-home program that I do, and I base everything off of those three things. So dumbbells, kettlebells, or resistance bands. So you can do everything
0: you need to with that. Yeah, yeah. and it's so much cheaper than buying a gym membership and getting dressed up and driving to the gym and driving home. (laughs) And it's ironic we spend all this time getting to the gym and getting dressed for the gym and driving to the gym. And then, yeah, anyway, you can scrape it in the garage and just go do it. And it doesn't have to be expensive especially when you're starting out so are there any are there any body weight options that you'd recommend a lot of people want to start body with body weight, weight so you training.
1: can you yeah so the thing with body weight is you can go anywhere and find body weight workouts um the the thing is uh nothing is really no matter what you find unless you're you know you're going to just get a generic thing um so you don't know if it works for you or not i have a, like a beginner's body body weight program that for anybody that joins my facebook group they can just down, once they get in, get into okay, the group, cool. they can just download it from there. Um, it has videos. It has an explanation of what the workouts are, how to do the movements and things like that. But because you're in my group, when you get that, you have access to ask me questions. Yeah. So you can say, hey, here's this. I can't do this because I got bad knees or I can't do this because I don't have this. Like, whatever it may be, then you have a resource. And it's not just a random body weight thing. You download it off the yeah. Internet. You're actually downloading yeah. it. To have a, someone to communicate
0: with community support is such a massive deal we you know right. same with us we put out this information and you can read a book and go oh yeah that's great and put the book back down but when you're mm-hmm. taking the journey with other people who are on the same journey and right. able to interact with people and ask all the questions and get them answered any time of the day and, and it just mm-hmm. helps people progress and they feel like they're doing it with other people and not alone. And right. yeah, they're not that's, really a huge thing.
1: that's a huge thing, right? There's other people that are going through the same thing I am. If I if they're still here, I can still do it too. And I mean, yeah. that's gotten me through some tough times. It's absolutely. Yeah, yeah.
0: No, the power of the internet during the whole lockdown and everything's going to become more and more remote and less people are going to be going to gyms. So definitely the world is changing. Um, so everybody wants to know how do I lose fat and gain muscle at the same time? How, what's the secret there, Bronson?
1: All right, so we, I don't know if we've talked about this before. Um, Well, you've seen some of my videos, so you know my take on fuel calories versus total calories. And I don't count, I personally don't look at protein as a fuel because we don't use it primarily as a fuel. Um, Protein, and it's, I'm going to try to make this without getting into a whole thing. (laughs) Protein's primary goal is to build muscle. Yep. So if you prioritize the protein that you're getting and I recommend, particularly if you're being athletic and you're trying to build one to one and a half pounds grams per pound of lean mass, right? So if you weigh 200 pounds and you have 150 pounds of lean mass, you should be getting 150 grams of protein a day at a minimum. That's my mm. minimum. Mm. That's the way I look at it. Um, If you do that, and this is the big key and you are doing resistance training. Okay just increasing your protein at the initial beginning stages maybe for a couple months a couple weeks you may see some increase in lean mass because your body's starving and it needs it, yeah. to it to it's
0: it's amazing how we see people you know, they they sedentary people who don't eat a lot of protein maybe from a really hardcore keto approach who have been avoiding mm-hmm. protein they just start eating more protein and you see their lean mass just trickle just, up and just, it's like freak out they're going right. and then they freak got, out because like, I'm, like I'm, I'm
1: gaining weight i'm like well it's good because your body needs great. It. You need
0: it and, and, and that's why it's really useful to measure the, the body fat percentage and whether you're actually gaining lean mass because right getting skinny right. fat is not a great thing because then you're Absolutely. just skinny hungry and uh you, you don't have the metabolic rate to burn the calories you need and you, then you can't eat the, enough food to get the nutrients you need so yeah right. anyway i'll, I'll, I'll up, keep going
1: no, no, no. And that's the key thing to, to keep in mind is I love reminding people this. If you're if you're listening to this and you probably you may not have thought about this body fat composition, body body composition, your body fat percentage is a two part equation. It's mm. your body fat and your lean mass. It's a ratio. Mm. You can decrease your body fat without losing a single pound of body fat
0: mm. of lean you mass. Can
1: decrease the percentage of your body fat by adding lean mass. So if I have 50 pounds of body fat, that's great. Well, i want to lose some of that. Okay, cool. If I only have, so my recommendation, and I, I don't know if I put this in notes, my recommendation for people is you want to target 50% of your body weight. 50% of your total weight should be muscle. Yep. So if you weigh 200 pounds, you should have 100 pounds of skeletal muscle mass. That's not lean mass, skeletal muscle mass, actual just muscle, not bone, not water, none of that stuff
0: just explain the difference between that. That, that that's lean mass
1: minus water minus bone right minus yeah, yeah. My, stuff that isn't actual muscle muscle tissue mm. is basically what that is um so if you have so 20 body fat is a good m- number for most people and 50 percent skeletal muscle mass yeah. right so if you're at 30 percent skeletal muscle mass when you get your in body your dexter or whatever it is you're yeah. doing that right there and it's easier to build muscle if you're low Than it is to burn Mm -hmm. fat, because Mm -hmm. it's not about adaptation. It's not about doing extra things to like get your body to burn more and whatever else. Just eat more protein is step number one. And like you said, just eating more protein, your body's going to go. I've been looking for this. This (laughs) Finally, you're you're kidding me. me (laughs) Right. So that's step number one. Then once you, if you want to take it to the next level and really start growing that and getting stronger and increasing that endocrine muscle, right? That endocrine system. Um, that's where the resistance training comes in. You have to give your body a reason to change. So if you wanna if you wanna increase your lean mass, you gotta tell it, hey, I'm doing things now, I'm more active, I need more muscle. Mm. And then you will grow more. And none of that has anything to do with adding fat. You can eat as much protein, you're not gonna get fat off of protein. Mm. Mm. It's not gonna happen.
0: Yeah, and uh, as you're losing, you can lose body fat and fuel your activity with your body fat. Um, so you can lose fat and gain muscle at the same time, particularly if you've got a lot of body fat to fuel your right. activity with. And that's, you know, that the lean, uh, the, the beginner gains, newbie gains. You get amazing progress when you start out that everybody who's been doing it for a while gets really jealous of because <laughs> uh, when you begin, you just make this incredibly quick progress as you start to, eat enough protein and do a little bit of resistance training and just start that progressive overload process. Um, but as you get leaner and leaner, you don't have as much body fat to pull on to fuel mm-hmm. that activity and it becomes mm-hmm. harder and harder. And a lot of bodybuilders, once you start to get really lean, is sort of they need to do that progressive you know, bulk cut cycle a yeah, little bit.
1: A little bit, not that much. It's, again, I think the people that we're talking to, I don't think anybody has to worry and about
0: you, Need to worry about cutting and bulking and stuff. I don't yeah, think yeah. No, anybody sure. has to worry about that, right? For I sure. mean,
1: even me. Like, I I run daily. My normal, I'm hover around thirteen percent. As in, that's my normal. That's my normal percentage. Yep. Um, I worry about if I go through a phase where I'm like, you know what, I want to get like, I'll probably do this in a couple months when it starts to get warmer outside and I want to go out to the beach, right? I want to get a little more cut. I will get probably, yeah, right. All I'm <sighs> and the only thing that I will change is I'll just drop my my daily fat a little bit yeah right I get about 160 165 grams of fat a day right now as a maintenance kind of thing I'll probably drop that to like 120 or 100 to help burn what I've got drop down to about 10 percent or less yeah. and then I'll be good but the average person just going from like 35 or 40 percent body fat to try and mm. getting to a 20 percent body fat mm. build muscle first, and then the rest is gonna, is gonna come along.
0: Follow, you just fine tune from
1: there. Yeah, and then you can fine tune.
0: So talking about maximal recovery volume and, and mm-hmm. minimum effective dose, how do you avoid burnout? How do you avoid you know getting to the point where you go, I wanna give up because you know, I'm sick of this ex- exercise thing. I, I, I tried it and I'm not doing it anymore.
1: Yeah, um, it has to be enjoyable. So the initial selection of what you're picking to do for your physical activity really makes a difference. So find something you enjoy doing, put yourself in an environment that's supportive. So doing it with other people Mm -hmm. is a great thing. Find a coach that you're accountable to, get a friend and go do it together, whatever it may be. Um, So that's that's a big thing, it has to be enjoyable. So that even when, when you get to a point where you are taking a break, because a lot of people are good, they'll start, they'll do a couple of days a week, they'll take a break and then do a couple of days a week. But because it hasn't become a habit yet, that break that they take after a couple of days, then it's like, oh man, I got, to okay, I took a couple of days off. Now I got to go back and start it over again, right? They feel like it's a whole new restart. So if it's not enjoyable, it's just going to make that process harder. Um, the other thing is don't just do one thing. Okay, make sure that either every day is something different or within what you're doing each day, there's going to be something different. That's mm-hmm. one of the great things about CrossFit or a good trainer or following a good program is, you're going to focus on different areas every day. So one, it keeps you interested. You have variety. Mm. You don't, you're you not sure what I'm going to, what am I going to hit today? I don't know what's in the program today. Um, but two, you're never going to overwork any system in a given week, mm. right? So if I do, like, if you follow my program, we're going to work, you can work five days straight in a row with, with my program, but you're never going to burn out on any one thing because I vary it. And there's so many different areas of metabolic pathways and types of workouts and movements and exercises that will keep you interested all week long. But you won't get burnout and you won't get injured, injured. You won't get those chronic pains and and all that other kind of stuff. Yeah, definitely.
0: And um, we talked about progressive overload. Can you explain that concept? Why is it important? Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. So that's basically making things harder every time.
0: But only a little bit.
1: Make it harder. Uh, and, and I say making things harder every time. And that's really kind of a non sequitur because it's not necessarily every time. Maybe it isn't every time. Maybe it doesn't mean that every time you go to the gym, you make something harder. Maybe it's on a schedule, a macro cycle or a micro cycle. Maybe it means for three weeks you do the exact same workout until you feel like that workout is not as hard as it used to be. And then you can make it a little bit harder right? So it doesn't have to mean every single time. So because people get this in their mind, like if I go to the gym three days a week, and then I have to make it harder every time I go in a year, I'm going to be doing, but I can't progress that fast. Like it just the the idea of making things harder every time is just overwhelming. So that's one of the the things that's where variety comes in, because there's so many different things that we can work. You don't, you can also just change what you're doing. That's a progressive overload, because a lot of what we do there's another word we'll talk about in fitness called transferability. So if I'm doing one exercise over here, there are portions of that exercise that transfer to other exercises that I do. So I can make I can make pull-ups a challenge, but the next time I go do hanging knee raises, I'm still working some of the same thing. If I'm doing sit-ups and then I go do push-ups, there's both there's core activation in both of those mm. and they're going to help each other so you can make one thing harder or you just change it and do something different but still improve the other exercise so progressive overload is really just saying do something you haven't done before more than it is make something harder every time yeah does that make sense
0: yeah yeah. and how do people like crossfit turns it into a competition game how can people gamify the process and feel like they're Make it fun to to see change and progress.
1: Yeah, the easiest way, but also kind of a fine line, the dangerous line to, to cross is is make it competitive. Yeah, that's, that's really that's really it's really the most common. It's the it's what you see out there, right? You do it with a bunch of friends. They put their time. It, it happens in in my app as well, right? We have people that post their workouts, and so and so will say, "I did it this fast," and someone else will be like, "Oh man, I tried," you know, whatever. And you get that little competitive. As long as you keep it. Friendly. And positive and and a friendly competition, and you don't actually start becoming obsessed with beating someone else every mm. single time. Yeah. Then I think that's a perfectly fine motivation. Cause, I mean, we're competitive. Com- competition is a great motivator, um, as long as it doesn't become a negative thing in your life. Right? We don't yeah. want you to obsess because it's more. It's always about competing with yourself and doing better for you than than yeah. comparing to other people. Um, and that's find somebody to
0: compete with who's at a similar level to you. Not you know right. you don't want to. Start right. with Rich Froning and you're a catch. <laughs> you.
1: Yeah, you do not want to do that um, and, and and make it a supportive thing like, yeah, OK, you beat me this time. That's great. I'm going to try to get it this, next time. And, and you can kind of feed off of each other that way and you can actually use it as a supportive process. Mm. Outside of that, um, there's a lot of apps. There's a lot of things people that have done, you know, badges. Um, you know, when you, you know, Fitbit has done a good job of gamifying it. Peloton does a good job of gamifying fitness. Mm. Um, there, there, it's really, if you want to find an extraneous tool or app or some other program that does that, you can do it. There's plenty of different things out there. Um, the, the biggest thing, I think the biggest thing about why gamification works is because it gives you a social goal. Yeah. Yeah, It's something that you can show off. That's really all it is. That's that's, that's really what I've got a badge. I got a, I got a thing I can you know, I'm going to post it. I'm going to share it, whatever. Um, So if you could do something similar, if you don't want to get one of those, or if you're in my program or whatever else, you can kind of do that on your own, set some of your own minor goals that Mm -hmm. are along the path of where you're trying to go. And then when you get them, celebrate them, share
0: it, put it out there on
1: social media. Hey guys, I just did this. This is one of my goals. I got it, Whatever. And you can kind of gamify it yourself and kind of celebrate your own successes
0: yeah yeah. um michael sally just posted strava and that's amazing when i was was cycling um riding to work it's just fun to see how fast i was compared to my best and trying to improve it and yeah um and it's really taken off with 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 encouraging cycling all over the world and yeah it's a real community online even though people yeah. haven't met each other well you just
1: said made a good point right seeing you know trying to do better than i did last time mm-hmm. um we you know you talk about you know in your program you have to track your food right you, in order for to, to get the information the data the feedback that we're trying to understand and learn about nutrient density and that kind of stuff you got to track your food if you are not Tracking what you're doing from a fitness perspective, you are mm. not serious about getting in shape.
0: Yeah. yeah, yeah. Right. And, right. and to make progress, you have to track something. You don't want to track nothing. everything all the time. Otherwise, your brain explodes. I'm a numbers right. nerd. But, you know, my brain explodes when I try to buy a hack and quantify everything. You just need to find one thing I'm focusing at the moment. Yeah. I'm going to improve this and... Once you've got bored of that, move on to the next challenge and like life, unless you're not growing, you're dying. So. Yes.
1: Personal records, like, like Michael said, personal records, course records, things like that. Even just the ability to say, Hey, I have this goal. I want to work on getting my first pull up. Mm. Right. Okay. I'm going to work on things along the way. How do I do that? Here's some other things that I can do that I can know I'm progressing and track that. So I'm, you know, I'm like, I want to do it in six months. Okay. What do I do? Boom, boom, boom. Here's how that works um so you've got to have some goals you got to track some things and you know if you're not doing that you don't know how you're you don't really know where you are
0: yeah i love how you mentioned celebrate before and uh, i've been reading bj fogg's tiny habits and he's big on you know he's gonna floss one tooth and then celebrate it go yeah i did that and do a stupid you know outward celebration of find a way to, to to scream and yell about this one stupid little thing you did but once you feel good about what you did it becomes addictive and then you want to do more and then you find yourself at the gym or or doing that one thing more and more and more until you are you're addicted and then you're trying to go how do I stop and not overload and not do too much and not burn out so that that's sort of the balance you want to find is where you love doing it. you want to turn up again because it gave you that endorphin hit and you love doing it another thing I want to mention is just you know I've been during my day job I'm a I'm a massive fan of active transport and whether that be cycling or walking and I'm involved in planning for cycling paths and getting them rolled oh, out cool. and, and okay. cycling is massively important and so is walking and just find a way to integrate walking or cycling or something that doesn't involve your car to get where you need to go every day and if you can just incorporate some way of you know not using the automobile wherever you yeah. can it's uh you know it changes your life you look at arnie he's still cycling around la <laughs> <laughs> He could probably afford to buy whatever car he wanted but he's on his bike you know mm-hmm. smart people know how to keep fit and uh, fit and active um yeah. so hunger with exercise i know that's something with me when i push hard you have different cravings how do you how do you play the mind game when you want to eat Mine is you know peanut butter and yogurt or whatever to, to refeed and get the energy back in. You don't want the the tuna and kangaroo after you've had 250 Why not? grams of protein. Because <laughs> your body's going, I can't turn that to energy. I don't need to refuel
1: all my. Body but you've got you've got so. plenty of energy if if you're yeah. uh, if you're if you're 15 percent body fat or higher, you've got the energy. Yeah, it's there. So there's no need to supplement with with more energy. Just eat more protein. Yeah. I know people don't want to hear that. <laughs> right i know right so when i so I, I do my workout i come home i work out for an hour hour and a half i come home and i eat a pound a pound and a half of ground beef with some cheese that's it now there's some fat in that so i'm i'm going to mm. get some exogenous ketones i'm getting that exogenous fat but the focus is the protein because i want the protein why do i want the protein there is an insulin response to protein the difference is it's pushing BCAAs into my system, mm. not fuel, mm. right? So I've just worked out. I want to repair and rebuild, so I want BCAAs. I don't want more fuel. I've got fuel. Yeah. So I don't want that insulin-pushing fuel in my body. I want that insul- insulin-pushing the building blocks to make me better and stronger for the next four
0: I think the important thing I learned from Ted the other day is that you need to front-load your proteins so you you're never quite sure what your body wants when you're hungry. So make sure you first up in the day, you get all your protein. Always. And once you've covered up in your protein, then, you know, maybe you can backload with some carbs if you've been really active, but you know, you've got to make sure you get the mega protein dose at the beginning of the day or yeah. you, you probably w- would never, you know, most, as as you're about to say, most people yeah. <laughs> backload with carbs. But.
1: No, I mean, if that's the case, that's fine. If, if you feel like you need the carbs, I'll just say that in my experience, There is not a single normal average person, even athlete, even a CrossFit, someone like me who's been in CrossFit for 10 years, that needs, that I've seen really needs carbs Mm. at any point in time, if they're over a certain percentage of body fat, like 15 Mm. to 20% body fat. Mm. Um, That doesn't mean there's a lot of, there aren't a lot of people out there who don't feel like it helps them. Mm. And they don't have a negative effect from it. And they feel like it gives them energy and whatever else. That's awesome. That's cool. That works. If you feel like that's working for you, then then that's fine. Do do that. Um, But the protein prioritization, first thing in the day, you need to have some protein. I totally Mm. 100% agree with that. And I always also suggest that the first thing you eat at every meal is all of your protein. Mm. Always eat your protein first. Because you will eat the other stuff less if you do it that way. If you eat the other stuff first, you're going to eat less of the protein. And that yeah. is the opposite what you want to do. That, that, that's an awesome tip. Um,
0: uh, let us know anybody who's got any other comments and the questions. Um, but yeah, no, we've uh, I think we covered a lot of really cool stuff. Um, any other tips or tricks or hacks for uh, um, you can think of that we haven't no, covered?
1: Yeah, I really so. When you're getting started, uh, there's a lot of people. So in the, in the keto space, we've talked about this morning, in the keto space, there's a lot of fitness folks out there that uh, their focus is more on recomp. Their focus is more on looking good um, or they have a background in powerlifting or bodybuilding or whatever else. Um, I don't know that many people out there that actually have experience hands on with people who are just getting started, who are worried mm. about being functional and improving mm. their quality of life. So for anybody that is interested in how can I learn about what I can do, what mm. you can do in your life to mm. improve your fitness, follow me. <laughs> right. I just uh, yeah, I'm just yeah, gonna that. say it. that's what it's about. Because
0: I don't
1: because I don't care about how you look. I'm not trying to get you a six pack. I'm not trying to get you big muscles. I'm not trying to, to make you like me right? Because you may never want to be like me. You may just want to be able to go play with your grandkids for a day and not feel like crap for two days afterwards, right? That may be your only goal. And that's awesome. So that's really, I mean, there isn't, there isn't just like we talk about nutrition, not one size fits all. So you have to be able to kind of figure out where are you trying to go and then what's the best path, the best path to get there. And that's what I want people to do.
0: Yeah, and definitely agree, Um, like most people are focusing on the young, buff, skinny, you know, shirt off, big butt, whatever, whatever is trending on Instagram, but really where all this comes in as critically important is the longevity. And, uh, you know, I keep saying I want to be able to wipe my own bum for as long as I can. yes. what, yes. what what what? Once I can't feed myself, I can't do my own toileting. Once I can't walk around. Once I fall over and break a hip, and don't never get out of the hospital system, you're, you're screwed. Once you get to that point, your your right. life is effectively over. You don't have a life that's really worth living. And ideally, you can have a the the the, the metabolic re- reserve, the muscle you build now. I keep thinking as my motivation um, is what's going to get you through when you're 70 and 80 and not just prevent diabetes, but keep you mobile and keep you, you know, what kills us is just when we end up in a recliner in the old people's home and um, everything just goes downhill. They feed us crap, cheap food and and give us a bit of medication and, and wait for us to die. And, like, if you can postpone that point for as long as possible by eating well and being active and, Yep. Building metabolic fitness, I'm I'm all about that. So yeah. yeah. So where um where can people follow you? What's what's the best place?
1: Um well so the 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 place that I'm really trying to focus on right now because I can give people a lot more actual pertinent information um, is my Facebook group. So if you go to Facebook and you just look up the Apex Apex Health and Fitness yep. is the name of the group. Um that's where you can get into my group. That's where you can get the body weight program. That's where I put a lot of information. I do a weekly live in there as well. Um, so every Tuesday evening at 7 p.m. Eastern time, I, I pick a topic and, we, and I get on and we talk about different fitness, you know, things. Um, I'm also on Instagram at Bronson Dance 72. If you want to follow me on there, those are probably the two best best okay. to get.
0: Yeah, no, and highly recommend all your, your YouTube stuff as well. Yeah, really and great and information. I always forget about the YouTube stuff. Yeah, you're all, you're all about oxidative priority and diving in deep of all the you know metabolic pathways and how how, how to use protein. And yeah, it's fantastic. So, really, more power to you. You're doing a great job and keep it up. Absolutely, and man. thank you for coming to have a chat. And thanks everyone for, for listening. Do this in. anytime you want. Yeah, we both love talking about this stuff forever. So, Thanks so much, Bronson. All right, man. Take it easy. See you guys. Nice meeting you all.